Today's service is a little different. It's a question box service. So I'll be answering some questions that I received over the course of the last week from different ones of you who've sent them in. For those of you who are visiting or guests today, we are engaged in a process to discern whether I shift from being the contract minister to a called minister. So many of the questions are about me or that process. So I've gotten five questions, and the first is from Katherine Ferris. Hi, Melissa. I would like to know, what has been your favorite part about being a contract minister for UUCCV? Thanks. If I had to name one of my favorite parts about being a contract minister, it has been witnessing you stretching and growing, surviving and thriving. Some of you in the course of the last four years have told me deeply intimate stories. You hit bottom. You had a monumental decision to make and you didn't know what to do. You decided you needed to make a big change. You lost someone dear to you suddenly or excruciatingly gradually. You needed to take a brave step even though it terrified you. You were simply suffering, emotionally, afraid, resentful, exhausted. You received a diagnosis. It's amazing to me that as a minister, I'm given the gift of bearing witness in these times. Lord knows I don't always say the right thing. And I don't always say it in the right way. But I can only hope that my presence as your minister has made some difference. More importantly, I know that this community of souls gives each of us the courage and the strength to persevere. As a minister, I'm acutely aware of the truth of that old REM song, Everybody Hurts, Everybody Cries. Everybody hurts sometimes. But though I witness your struggles, I am also acutely aware that you are not broken. I witness you, even through pain and heartache, continuing to live, to love, and to serve. I witness you pressing on, showing up on Sundays, being present, giving to others, serving on committees and doing the needed work of the church, even though you're going through your own struggles and pain. As time goes on and I get to know both the depth of your pain and your resilience, my awe of you only increases. Good morning, Melissa. How do you think that UUCCV could make children aware that they are an integral part of the church community? At our recent New to UU gathering, a young mom expressed that she really has liked our congregation when she's visited, but she has questions. With a four-year-old, she wonders whether her child will be able to make friends with other kids at the church as he grows up. What do you think? Really? If you were the mom of a young child or a dad, 
would this be the community that you would choose for your family? The pandemic essentially forced us to hit Control-Alt-Delete when it comes to our congregation's programming for children and youth. While Deline tried to offer virtual classes on Sunday mornings, we didn't have the attendance to merit the time and effort it took to continue. The UU Church of Charlotte invited our kids to their virtual classes and gatherings, so we do have something to offer kids during this strange time. But during this pause, I hope that we can take some time to imagine what's possible when it comes to meeting the needs of our children and youth. The fantastic news is that we have a growing number of children and youth connected to our congregation. We actually have a lot of kids, and those kids have creative and energetic parents. We have a small number of experienced and wonderful volunteer teachers who have ably and reliably provided classes on Sunday mornings for our younger kids, including Deline Huggins and John Sheriffs and Julie Klein. Deline has helped a great deal with coordination, but she has for a long time been eager for someone else to assume this important role. And we've also struggled because our teachers would prepare lessons and then sometimes they'd have one or even no kids. Last year, we helped coordinate a brainstorming gathering to imagine how we might expand what we offer to our middle and high school youth. We had more than a dozen kids and youth show up. They and their parents came up with all sorts of creative ideas. Our youth were really excited about engaging in service opportunities, connecting socially, and meeting on some Sundays with some age-appropriate programming a couple times a month. That gathering resulted in the planning of some social events with parents, which was great, and of course on hold for now. The social events are really important because when kids are connected to each other, they're going to want to show up on Sundays. However, some of the other inspiring ideas that we came up with weren't implemented because there just wasn't someone in place who had the time and energy to pick up the ball and handle all the necessary details. A missing piece of the puzzle, not the only piece, but one piece, is having someone who's excited and also who has the time and the drive to coordinate and manage a comprehensive religious education program for our kids, from toddlers through teens. This congregation has a history of relying on super volunteers, people who have been willing to volunteer many hours a week for what in many congregations is paid work. Maybe one or two of you upon hearing this would be excited to jump in and commit to spending 10 or 20 hours a week building and maintaining our religious education program. If this excites you, please reach out. But at some point, if we do want to make our children and youth a priority, we'll probably need to commit to making an investment in professional religious education leadership. And well before doing that, we need to know from the parents and the kids what they would want that to look like in order to justify the investment. I understand that in many of our recent cottage meetings, there's been a lot of talk about wanting to serve our children and our families better. And I was excited to hear that. 
I trust that all of us want to get to a point where we can assure every parent who visits and every parent who's here already that their children will encounter age-appropriate and life-affirming experiences. I know that all of us want this congregation to provide each child and youth a place to be known and seen, a place where they can serve and learn and grow spiritually, and one day leave equipped to be forces in the world for love and justice. I trust that we can get there together if we're committed to that vision. What are some of your most memorable times as a minister here? If I close my eyes, I can bring to mind so many beautiful moments and memories of the last four years. Imagine with me each of them as a picture. So in this picture, a group of women is dancing in a spiral dance around a living room at the end of our first UUCCV women's retreat. In this one, the congregation is standing and giving an ovation to Esme as she describes how she is a veteran successfully fought against discrimination and for marriage equality. In one, I see many of you coming forward to light a candle to honor your dead in one of our annual memorial services. In one, I'm sitting with Monica in her living room, planning Gary's memorial service, listening to loving stories of a lifetime. In one, we are singing camp songs as Sunday worship and playing with Play-Doh in a very experimental service, and y'all are gamely playing along. I do wonder about that first-time visitor who never came back after that service. I hope he's okay. In one picture, we're holding hands in a circle at the end of the service. We're smiling, spiritually nourished. In one, I'm playing soccer with Benny at the church picnic. I am winded, and he is winning. And here I am with the choir, and we're singing Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah. And we're all blown away at how beautiful we sound. Here, we're watching one of our young people light candles in our annual candlelight service. And then we sing Silent Night, and it always wrecks me. In this picture. It's our first Zoom service. We don't know how it'll work, if it'll work, but your faces one by one fill the screen and it's a little glitchy, but amazingly, we now know that we can be together. The last four years haven't been all moments of sweetness and light, but I carry these moments and so many hundreds more with me with great gratitude and I look forward to creating many, many more. I went to Star King School for the Ministry in Berkeley, California, 
one of just two uniquely Unitarian Universalist seminaries. Being in Berkeley was incredible in itself. The picturesque city is a veritable Disneyland for progressive people. It's like the whole small city is one big UU congregation. I often say that Unitarian Universalism is four or five years ahead of the dominant culture, and Star King is four or five years ahead of that. It was at Star King that I first met a transgender person who transitioned with loving support of the faculty and staff during his time as a seminary student, and the bathrooms at the school shifted from gendered to non-gendered. The faculty at Star King changed and shaped me. Reverend Dr. Rebecca Parker, president of the school at the time that I was there, published her book, Proverbs of Ashes, while I was at the school. In her book, she shared experiences of her sexual abuse as she pointedly critiqued how the glorification of the crucifixion story in Christianity helps to perpetuate violence. Rebecca Parker was deeply vulnerable, human, brilliant, feminine, and poetic, and a strong institutional leader. As I watched and listened to her, I realized, oh, you can be wounded and impact the world. You can be quiet and calm and loving and ably lead an institution. An Italian nun named Rosemary Canici taught me about ministerial ethics and boundaries. She helped every student to understand our unique and complex roles as ministers and the boundaries that we need to uphold. Overall, the school promoted a pedagogy it called Educating to Counter Oppressions. Professor Ibrahim Farajaje taught me about mass incarceration in its many facets and awakened my desire and my commitment to disrupt the criminal justice system. Overall, Star King drilled into me that Unitarian Universalist congregations must not only be social clubs, they must be institutions that reject complicity with violence and oppression and should prophetically lead the way for true equity for all, as well as a healing of the earth. Thank you for continuing to generously support this congregation, even through these troubled times. The offering will now be received. In the beautiful music to follow, I invite you to center yourself in whatever way feels good to you. Close your eyes, stretch, move, and appreciate. If you become our settled minister, what will change for you? Early on, I was happy as a clam to be a contract minister. I figured if we like each other, we could just keep renewing the contract every year. And if we don't, we won't. In more challenging moments, and there have been challenging moments, I frankly liked knowing that I could just walk away at the end of the year if things got too hard. But after almost four years with you, now, even during the most challenging moments, I'm clear that I don't have any desire to walk away from you. I think this congregation has an exceptionally bright future. Our nation is facing 
traumatic times. And who knows what's going to unfold in the next years. But I do know that this place matters. Having a strong and justice-loving community in the Catawba Valley matters. You matter. And I am exceedingly clear that I would be honored to commit my professional energy in the coming years to helping you fulfill your lofty mission. I am not perfect. You are not perfect. But I believe that at this juncture, in this congregation's life, we are a fit. If the vote is successful, what will change for me is that I will have discerned and you all will have discerned. And in the end, we've said a big mutual yes to each other. That we have committed and covenanted to shared ministry together. As we extinguish our chalice, I'll share with you the words of Eric Williams. Blessed is the path on which you travel. Blessed is the body that carries you upon it. Blessed is your heart that has heard the call. Blessed is your mind that discerns the way. Blessed is the gift that you will receive by going. Truly blessed is the gift that you will become on the journey. May you go forth in peace. Strive to make us free.